Founding support for The Reading Life comes from Octavia Books. Additional support comes from the Hellas Foundation and the Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities, the state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Hello and welcome to The Reading Life, your weekly look at the Louisiana literary scene. I'm Susan Larson. This week we'll be talking with Jamie Attenberg about her new book, A Thousand Words, a writer's guide to staying creative, focused, and productive all year round. If your New Year's resolution is to buckle down and write, Jamie Attenberg has created just the book for you. Her new writing guide is called 1,000 Words, a writer's guide to staying creative, focused, and productive all year round. Jamie knows about being creative, productive, and focused. She's the author of seven books of fiction, including the New Orleans set, All This Could Be Yours, as well as the memoir, I Came All This Way to Meet You. Five years ago, Jamie began A Thousand Words of Summer, a writing initiative to keep people accountable and make them feel supported. Now it reaches 30,000 people, and it's filled with good advice and inspiration. And now it's a book. Jamie Attenberg, welcome. Hi, it's so nice to see you. You too. So tell us the origin story of A Thousand Words of Summer, because it happened right here in New Orleans. It's true. I was sitting at the local wine shop, Philberg Wines, with my friend Anne Kieselsen, who is an amazing writer, memoirist, essayist, and also a teacher at NOCA. And we were talking about how we were going to spend our summer and how we needed to get motivated. And I said, let's write A Thousand Words a Day. Let's start a boot camp together. And she thought it was a really great idea and was excited to do it. And it just kind of started because summer was the time that Anne could be working really intensely on it. And I had a novel that was due and we were just ready to get going on it. And then I posted it online, as I usually do, post every little thought and idea. And I said, I'm going to write a thousand words a day for two weeks straight. And all these people wanted to do it. So I started a little mailing list for it. All these people signed up for it. And then I asked some writer friends to write some supportive letters The first day was like 200 people signed up. And then by the end, we had 2,000 people. And then every year, it's just sort of grown. You know, we'll have 5,000 people or 10,000 people. And now it's, you know, like you said, it was at 30,000 last summer. So what happened at the end of two weeks, that first two weeks? The first thing that I saw was, you know, that this great community had come out of it. Everybody was hashtagging a thousand words of summer online and checking in every day and sharing their word count and cheering each other on. There was just sort of this instant community that came out of Mm -hmm. it. And I found that really appealing. And because of the timing of it, it was 2018. So it's like we'd already had a couple years of that former president of ours. And I think people were really (laughs) exhausted. And I think that there had been this sort of turning point somewhere in there where there had been more negativity online than positivity. And I think that it was exciting for people. You know, we're all just like a bunch of writing nerds. Do you know what I mean? I know. And so (laughs) writing nerds, reading nerds, you know, like book nerds, that kind of thing. And so I think people are, are always really excited when there's something really positive that comes out of being online. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you have great reasons 
reasons for setting a thousand words a day as an achievable goal. So talk a little bit about those. I've always used a thousand words a day as kind of my metric for, oh, Mm -hmm. I've had a good day's worth of work. I think everybody knows what a good day's worth of work is for them. So a thousand words may not be it for you. For some people, it's 2,000. Some people, it's 500 words. Also, if you write different kinds of things, right, if you write poetry or you write screenplays, yeah. anyone can do this. Anyone can, you know, show up for themselves and and, and write whatever, you know, whatever their metaphorical thousand words a day is. Um, but for me, as a, as a novelist, it's something like I can put together like a rough draft in three to six months if I'm writing a thousand words a day. Mm-hmm. A really messy draft. Draft, and that's all a first draft has to be. It does not have to be perfect at all. And that's kind of what I want to encourage people to do is just like get the words down. Because I think people are worried that their words aren't going to be perfect. And they're never perfect. Even after years and years of writing something, they're never perfect. So it's just good to get it down and see and see what's there on the page and what's inside of you. And, and that's how you get momentum. And that's what's cool about it is like is that at the end of these two weeks, you have, you know, 14,000 words. And it's it's a lot of words. It's a lot. It, and it sort of can shift you into a new place with your work. Mm-hmm. So where did the name come from? It's so catchy. There was a woman online who suggested it, suggested uh, just the hashtag a thousand words of summer is based on that movie 500 days of summer. And I don't know, it was just sort of fun. And we just ran with it. It was it was really simple. And it was it just came from, you know, a voice online. And so we all felt excited about it. And it reinforced it so beautifully. It's yeah. something you could just say over and over again, thousand words, thousand words. It's true. I mean, yeah. next time I might do a shorter hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little long. <laughs> but there's another framework you use in setting up this kind of rhythm, and that is a seasonal framework, which I thought was really interesting and kind of lovely to think about in these terms. So, so yeah, so originally, you know, we started this in the summertime because, as I mentioned, Anna was a teacher, and I sort of wanted to honor all the teachers that I know who work all year round, supporting other people, you know, teaching other people how to write and all kinds of things. And then summer is sort of their time to really sit down and do their own work for themselves. So the project really was like all about the summertime. And then as I sat down and I tried to figure out whether or not I was going to actually turn it into a book, I looked at all the letters that all of these amazing authors have written. And I sort of tried to organize them into a structure to see if there was was something there, if it really needed to be a book. And what started to emerge was all these different seasons and patterns. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just about writing and generating wildly and madly and messily. It was also about what it means to be a writer and what it means to be distracted as a writer and what it means to sort of be questioning yourself as a writer and how to kind of get through all those little blocks along the way and sort of figure out how to support yourself as well as support other people. And so, yeah, all these seasons started to emerge. Winter is actually about figuring out what kind of writer you want to be. And spring is about getting all these distractions out of the way and setting yourself up for success and being prepared for the summertime. Summer is still summer. Summer is still just writing and writing and writing. And then fall is really about assessing what you've done, forgiving yourself for what you haven't done yet, and how to deal with criticism and how to give criticism and kind of how to move forward with all the work that you've accomplished over the course of a year. You say fall is about allowing ourselves grace. Yes. Which I love. Yes. It was not my line. It's Dentiel Moniz actually said it originally in her letter, and it stuck with me. Um, she wrote it a couple of years ago. She's a wonderful writer, and it really stuck with me because I think that we're, um, we sometimes fall into this trap of beating ourselves up. Oh, yeah. For what we haven't done yet. And she was writing about that in her letter. And yeah, it's really important to, you know, if you I think that if you beat yourself up, you're going to stop writing. 
Oh, of course. You know, you're just going to get in your own way, not to blame you for it or anyone for it. Uh, and so if you can, like, allow that you're not always going to be perfect, you're not always going to be focused, you're not always going to be able to show up for yourself. If you can allow for that as not being the end of the world, I think that you can move on and just keep on writing. Well, let's talk about winter because we are in winter, what passes for winter here in New Orleans. And if people are thinking about how to prepare for a project, give them some advice. I think a great thing to do is to, first of all, write yourself a little letter about what you want to write and what kind of writer you want to be and why you want to write. And I think that that is a really fantastic starting point for uh, for motivating yourself. And I think that you just sort of have to dive in. Ultimately, mm -hmm. I think you really just have to like sit down every day and show up for yourself. But I think that if you can identify what what the point of it all is for yourself, like the deeper meaning of you connecting with your work, then I think you'll be really excited and raring to go. I also think you have to clean your desk. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, like get all your stuff in line, you know, you and know? figure out what, like what, like for me, even just figuring out where I wanted to sit in my house, I write about this a little bit in the book. You do, that's yeah. fascinating. I mean, just now I, I switched to sitting in the front room of my house because there's more sunlight in there and it's been a little chilly lately. And so I, I you know, and the days are so short. So I'm like, I'm just trying to like maximize the vitamin D as I can get it, as much as I can get it. So I sit in the front room of my house and I, instead of sitting in the back room with my desk, which is cooler, which is great for the summertime here, obviously. Yeah. So even if you can just assess where, you know, or is it like you're going to your favorite cafe, you're going to the library, anywhere at all, and just say, that's my spot, that's my spot for writing. And, and setting yourself up for success, I think, is in such a small way. You think it's mm -hmm. not that big of a deal figuring out where you want to write, but it's actually a huge deal. It is. You have to be comfortable there and you have to feel inspired there. The ritual quality is so important, I think. it's Yeah, it's true. And I, you know, I like to have like my notebooks mm -hmm. and I like to have my pens. I like to have all my stuff. That is actually a really great thing to do is to buy yourself a new pen or a new notebook. Oh, of course. Alexander Chi writes about that in his letter about how it is the wind beneath his wings, pretty much. Right. To have, <laughs> those, to have those special objects. Well, that's, you know... That's what's so great about this book, Jamie. It's like the I Ching. Um, well, you open it up good. to any page, yes, and there's something. I mean, that was really the goal of it, was that you would be able to have this book on your desk. Because I've had books like this on my desk for me. Not necessarily writing guides, but reading other writers' um, diaries or journals letters. or letters, things like that. So I wanted to have something, put something together that would honor all these contributions because there are letters from 54 amazing contemporary authors in here. Some of your favorites are in here. And I wanted to put it into a beautiful little package so you could have it on your writing desk. And if you're just feeling frustrated at all, you just open up to one page. Yeah. And they're all really short. They're just short little bites of ideas or feelings or emotions about writing. And it's, I don't know, I, I think it's, it's definitely like, honoring the writers. It's honoring this great community that has come out of it that has really inspired me. It's honoring my love for writing. I think writing is one of the most important things you can do for yourself right. because it's just, you know what I mean? You just like, it's like you can't lie to yourself on the page. I know. You make a point about how important truthfulness is all the way through this It's book. true. It's so. really true. Yeah. So to, when did the letters become a part of this? From the get-go, mm -hmm. really, I just thought, okay, I'm not going to write 14 letters in a row. Like, I am, but I'm. no one's going to care <laughs> if it's just me, you know? So I do write these little short letters, you know, during the Thousand Words of Summer. But really, what I wanted to do was access all these wonderful writers that I've met over the years. I mean, my first book came out um, 
18 years ago. So I've spent a lot of time traveling, meeting other writers, going to literary festivals, connecting with people online. And I, there's just a wonderful network of people out there, really supportive. Mm -hmm. And when I ask them to, to write a letter, they, they just say yes. And it's really it's really so lovely. So um, so always from the get-go. And I have a couple of white whales, you know, who I haven't gotten yet to do it. <laughs> people uh -oh. on my wish list, but every year there's more. Also, look, it's like amazing because every year there's more new books, there's more new authors to yeah. meet. I mean, you know, you're always meeting new people, I'm sure. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious how you measure the success of A Thousand Words besides the growth in number. Oh, you mean as a project? I mean, do you hear publication stories? Oh, hear... all the time. I mean, you know, I keep getting asked to blurb books by people I've never met before. Because of Because this. they've actually written them during a thousand words. I've definitely like met people along the way, heard of books, seen my name thanked in the acknowledgments of people that I've never, you know, met before. And there it is in the back of their books. So that I think is really amazing. Nice. There's real success stories, people who have written entire books, gotten agents, built cohorts, met in person, especially during, you know, the pandemic. I think it was really like a lifeline for people who were just were just meeting because we have a slack too during uh -huh. a thousand words of summer. So people were meeting, connecting there and then they would Zoom and they would write together online. And it was like it was this like there's whole worlds like that have built out of this that I will never even know about. And that's great because I don't need to know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's let it go. Just let it go. You can't control. You know, at some point, I think once it was over, like maybe 10,000 people or something, I was like, I'm never going to be able to know what's going on. You'll here. never know everybody. I'll never know everybody. <laughs> I'll never be able to. I'm, I do like go in and I, I take a peek at the slack and I see what people are talking about and what they're working on. And I see how they're organizing themselves. Like there's different areas where people are like, OK, we're science fiction. We're just going to talk about science fiction. OK, we're historical fiction. Mm -hmm. Or OK, we're in Austin, Texas. Who wants to do a meetup in Austin, Texas? Here in New Orleans, people do meetups here and it's really exciting. So it's like, you know, it's not like massive, but it's definitely out in the universe. There's just things, yeah. you know, there's just there's just people out there. And that's really it gives me like a lot of comfort. It makes me feel really nice to know that um, people are getting something out of it. And then the other end of it is that it's a fundraiser, too. And so we every author who contributes a letter gets to donate X amount of money to a charity of their choice. And then this year we raised enough money for a Scholastic Book Fair. Um, in, nice. Yes. And um, at uh, Schomburg Elementary in New Orleans East, we um, sponsored it. So every kid in the school got a book. That is lovely. So thing. maybe that's my metric of success. That is a real metric. It of was success. really great. And we'll be, you know, we're just, I say we because I'm speaking for this collective of people. So I feel comfortable saying that. But mm -hmm. actually, it is me. <laughs> but it is we <laughs> too. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. But I know that, like, when I say that this is a fundraiser, that I, it's everybody is trusting me to sort of pick the right place to, to spend this money or to donate this money. And and so I think that people would be excited that we sponsored this book fair. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What, what could be better than to put books in people's hands, oh my young gosh. people's hands? I got to go on the day of. It was, oh, did it bring back elementary school days? It was just really <laughs> <The> book fair. <laughs> it was just really sweet. It was really Really sweet to talk to the librarians there and to go to the school and see all the kids and everyone picking out their books. And it was very, it was, it was really meaningful to me. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that interests me about this book is that, you know, there are these 54 letters, which are impressive and useful. But by far, the greatest insight we get into a writing process is yours. 
I mean, you are very generous and very open with how you work, your little tricks. Yeah. What did it do for you to take that kind of long, hard look at your own process? I mean, I've been doing it. I've always been kind of open source about my writing. Yeah. Um, I've always, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty online person. Um, I've had a, you know, online journal since the late 90s or something. That's what they called it, online journals then in the late 90s. Um, well, that goes way back. Way, girl. way back. You know, a <laughs> web log. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I've always written about writing because I find it really fascinating and not just about my own writing, but other people's writing, too. And I think the whole creative process is really fascinating. So I don't know. It wasn't really a challenge for me to do it. It was just, it just felt like, I don't know, it's just my way of shaking people's hands, I guess. No. Or, you know what I mean? Or introducing yeah. myself to people is like, this is because I spend so much time doing it and I'm so fascinated with it and sort of mildly obsessed with it, probably, too. And I just love it, like love writing and putting out books and books are the way that I communicate with the world. So to talk about a process is even is just even more lovely. I think so, too. It's a great gift to give to people. Now, you're very open about the fact that you didn't study creative writing. You didn't get an MFA. I'm curious, what what were the biggest forms of instruction for you? Reading, of course. But were there any books that made a difference? I mean, I did my un I did do an undergraduate degree in creative writing, oh, so I had right. so I have like had some you know workshop experience. But it has been I graduated from college in 1993, so it has been a long time since I've been in a workshop mm -hmm. environment, except for a few workshops that I've taught along the way. But it is that thing where you graduate from college with a degree in writing, and you're like, well, what does this actually mean? What does it mean to be a writer? What does it look like? You know? Yeah. And like, I think that if you go and get an MFA, they sort of teach you what it looks like as much as anything else. I'm guessing. I don't know. Because uh, <laughs> I haven't been there. But it seems like that, which I think is is probably very rewarding. But actually, you know, for me, I, was, I moved to New York instead. And I got, you know, lots of little freelance jobs as a writer, and I and I just sort of carved it out for for myself. And uh, you did lots of journalism. I as did well. journal, yeah, I did journalism, but I also worked in advertising, and that's really how I paid the bills for a long time. Nobody really gave me permission to write books, right? Nobody ever gives you permission to write books except for yourself. Right. So I, and I didn't have a writing community when I moved to New York at all. And I was doing, you know, like I was doing just doing temp jobs and things like that. And so I had to really build that writing community out of scratch. And I, and so I think that's why I'm so grateful for it. And, um, and I, you know, I treasure these friendships and also I try to be a supportive writer friend too. And, yeah, you know, what writing, being a writer looks like to me is part of what I talk about in this book because anyone can do it. Anyone can be it. Um, this book does not teach you how to get published. It's not about that because no. that there are plenty of other books that talk about that. This book just tells you you can do it and that it's important for you to do it. And that's why it's so much fun because it is so companionable. I mean, it is a friendly book. That's really nice to hear. That's really what I wanted it to be like. I wanted it to be like you you didn't, you know, because sometimes when you're writing, it can feel like um, it's too challenging or you didn't get enough work done. So you feel a little sad or you're beating yourself up and or you talk to like another writer and they're like, they've already gotten their work done for the day or they've just got a book deal or whatever it yeah. could be. You know what I mean? You could feel competitive or you could feel like it's never going to happen for you. And so I wanted to make something that when you open it up, you definitely feel like you can. 
that it's a totally available to you. Any kind of person, it sh- I'm hoping it should feel available to them. Any kind of background, just whether you went to school or didn't go to school for writing mm-hmm. or anything at all. You know, if you love writing, if you love reading, if you love books, hopefully this book will make you feel like you can just stick with it. Well, that's the great thing about writing in the second person. When the reader opens it up, you feel like you are the you. Yes, right. You know, which is a real gift. You are the you. So. <laughs> but also, this le- this book is for me because mm-hmm. I need this encouragement. And when I write, I have this newsletter that I do all the time. Just, you know, it's not just in the summer. It's year-round called Craft Talk. And a lot of these things that I'm writing are just really letters to myself as much as anyone else. They're for everyone else, but they're for me because every single day I have to encourage myself to write. Better to write them out than to talk to yourself constantly, yes. I suppose. I mean, there's a little bit of that going on in my house, too, Susan, so <laughs> not going to lie. Mine, too. To myself <laughs> or the dog. Yeah. But, you know, so you're in the position of having written all these books, having accomplished so much, and you're in the position of giving advice. But I'm curious to know what advice from this collection surprised you or moved you or really mattered to you? Because there's so much. One of my favorite letters came from Dantiel Moniz. And also, I really loved Morgan Parker's letter, which she type wrote for us, which is really cool. I did like Alex Chi's letter. I mean, all I really love all of the letters so much. There's some that are like more about kind of process and some that are more about getting excited and getting motivated. And there's some that are, they have some writing prompts that are that are in them. But I think the ones that where people are just talking about their own personal challenges, writing probably well, moved me the most. What I love is that you can get it down to like the micro level. It's like when I opened it up one day, there was Carmen Maria Machado saying, when I finally do get my butt in the chair, yes. it was like, Thank you. <laughs> you know, and then right. move on. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I hope it, I really genuinely hope that it is not one of those books that makes you feel bad, you know, about oh, not no. doing enough. I really hope that it just feels encouraging and that's it. So. Well, we'll see how many times this book turns up in acknowledgments of other books. Uh, you're making me blush. That is such a nice idea. You are blushing. It is really, <laughs> it's such a nice idea. You know, when you write fiction, there is like a wall that you create when you write fiction. And I have been writing a novel at the exact same time that's going to come out next September. And um, and I'm doing copy edit, audit, edits on it right now. Hey. And so you create this like, you know, this wall that you can hide behind. And this book is this, the exact opposite of that, where it's just all open, all out in the open. And not just me, but all of these amazing writers. They're all so talented, but also they're generous, too. Mm-hmm. I was really stressing about this book because I was like, I really have to honor all of them. Like they're so, it was such a gift for them to basically loan me their words. So I'm, I'm really happy that you feel like it's inspiring because I, you know, I want to do them all justice because I admire them all so much. You did. It shows every word. We've been talking with Jamie Attenberg, whose new book is A Thousand Words, a writer's guide to staying creative, focused, and productive all year round. You can meet her Tuesday, January 9th at 6 when she appears in conversation with Maurice Carlos Ruffin and Jacques-Pierre Francois at Baldwin and Company. And again, January 25th from 6 to 7.30 when she and Katie Simpson-Smith conduct a ride-along at Blue Cypress Books. The latter is a ticketed event. Jamie, thank you so much for the book and for everything you do. Thank you. Same back at you.
here's what's on tap in the literary life this week. One Book, One New Orleans is holding a book drive to build a library for Belle Reeve. Belle Reeve's mission centers on providing affordable housing for seniors who identify as LGBTQ. Bring new or gently used books for adult readers to PJ's Coffee of River Ridge, 10158 Jefferson Highway, Saturday, January 6th from 1030 to 1230. Or drop books off at Happy Raptor Distilling, 1512 Robert C. Blake Senior Drive, Sunday, January 7th from 2 to 4. Poet Kay Murphy is the featured reader at Lucky Bean Poetry Night, Monday, January 8th at 630 at Blue Cypress Books. Jamie Attenberg appears in conversation with Maurice Carlos Ruffin and Jacques-Pierre Francois to discuss A Thousand Words, a writer's guide to staying creative, focused, and productive all year round. Tuesday, January 9th at 6 at Baldwin & Company. The Guild of Wizarding Whimsy and Fantasy, a fantasy book club, meets to discuss The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden. Tuesday, January 9th at 6.30 at Blue Cypress Books. Samira Mehta discusses her new book, The Racism of People Who Love You, Essays on Mixed Race Belonging, new in paperback. Thursday, January 11th at 6 at Blue Cypress Books. Jonathan Santlofer discusses his book, The Lost Van Gogh, with Tom Piazza. Friday, January 12th at 6 at Octavia Books. The Silent Book Club meets Friday, January 12th from 6 to 7.30 at Blue Cypress Books. That's exactly what it sounds like, reading and quiet camaraderie. If you're looking to kickstart your writing practice in 2024, the Tennessee Williams and New Orleans Literary Festival is offering writing resolutions, a day-long writing retreat Saturday, January 13th. All sessions are virtual. It begins with a free writing session from 10 a.m. to noon, followed by Create Successful Habits and Design an Inspiring Writing Habitat at 12.05, then Get Published from 1.30 to 2.50, Find an Agent at 3, and then Build a Writing Community at 4.20. Check out TennesseeWilliams.net to register. And One Book, One New Orleans has announced its 2024 selection. It's Black Creole Chronicles, poems by former state poet laureate Mona Lisa Saloy. Founding support for The Reading Life comes from Octavia Books, with major support from Rouse's Markets. Additional support comes from the Hellas Foundation, the Jefferson Parish Public Library, and the Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities, the state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in The Reading Life do not necessarily represent those of the National Endowment for the Humanities. The theme song for The Reading Life is by Mapperine and Sunflower City. The Reading Life is produced by George Ingmeyer and is a production of WWNO. You can listen to us anytime or subscribe to our podcast at WWNO.org. And you can email us at the reading life at wwno.org.